calculated to keep you in. Suspense. I looked over his shoulder to see the big open mouth of a nice blue 45. And suddenly I knew what a man feels like when he's just finished digging his own grave. Listen now to Act One of Death of an Old Flame, starring Larry Haynes and Terry Keene, and written especially for suspense by George Bamber. <laughs> I play piano. I play what they call piano bars. That's where they tear the top off a baby grand and build a counter all the way around for the jerks to put their tricks on. I must have played back and forth across the country a dozen times. Never the top slides, but all the joints I work except the piano is doing. They're running. The lady wants to hear it. Oh, that's me. I'll be honest this time. Not a bad guy, as on as all, but still an owner. I look up at the chick at the far end of the piano. She smiles, I smile, slow and shy. You know, I gave her the old cocker spend, like a boy fresh out of college. And she eats it up. She even wrote it out for you. Yeah, so I see. A hundred and fifty a week to expend her at some trouble to say. I figured if she was going to make a move, she'd wait till the back was turned. Says she'd like to hear Cybert. Oh. Well, tell her that looks more like a telephone number to me. I think she wants you to call her. Well, tell her I never learned how to use a phone. Funny. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I smile at her again like we're both college sophomores and this is our first date. But she's a chick like any other. Poured into an expensive dress for a night on a town. A local princess who thinks she deserves better than she got. Better than a second-hand car in a garage and television every night. Better than the guy that brought her. Better than anything she'll ever have from the first moment she has it until the last moment she throws it away. For the moment, a piano player in the downtown club is better. And that channel player is me. Tell her I get off work at two. Yes, you can't make it. She's with a guy. Yeah, I see that, but it hasn't stopped her this far, has it? Money. Leo, I've been playing saloons for ten years, and if I've learned anything, I've learned never to trust a chick and never give him any information. She'll be here, and I'll take her home. There's something better than to turn up. Tell me, Ronnie, how do you do it? My boyish charm. My boyish charm. That's a joke around the saloon. I'm 35 years old and I still look like I should be in college. Some guys say that's why I score so much. But really, it's the way I play piano. I play like... Like I'm in another world. And when I look up, I always smile. Like I'm pleasantly surprised that such excellent music could find itself in the presence of such superior company. I smile this way whether I'm looking at the wall, the bartender, a crying drunk, or the chick I'm working on at the moment. But out of all of them, only the chicks are flaky enough to take it personally. Why I get along without you? I don't play that number. I used to. I hadn't seen her come in. And I swung around to see what the voice told me I would find. The eyes were still incredible. So deep and brilliantly blue that you had to look twice to believe what you saw. Hello, Ronnie. She smiled. And somebody took a clean blade and dumped my insides on the floor. There was nothing left but an empty, aching hurt. I turned back to the piano because I was afraid I couldn't control my mom. Five and a half years to take that. I didn't keep track. Are you 
anything? I don't like this, Sakura. She sat like she was suddenly very tired. She tried with a blood for a moment when she kissed her. Her mouth was as I remember it. And her hair, still soft, natural gold. But then I noticed there was a hole in one of the fingers of the white cotton gloves, and her dress was last year's style. I sit on the bartender to buy her a drink. Thanks. I read in the paper you were playing here. I, I kept track of you where you'd been when you'd hit town. Yeah, well, I would have kept in touch, but when I got back that night, all I could find was an empty hotel room. You didn't leave much of a forwarding address. Ronnie, I know. I, I know it was wrong. I've been sorry a million times. The paper never said. Did you marry again? Well, when a man said until death you part, I figured he wouldn't have bothered to say it if he hadn't mentioned it. Besides, it came in handy. When a chick would scream, marry me, I'd just say, oh, baby, I'd love to, but I'm already married. Saved me a lot of scenes. How about you? No. Can't you leave you for somebody else? No, he won't marry me. One good score, we can leave town and start all over again. Maybe go to another country. What score? Frank knows where there's a half million dollars worth of furs just waiting to be picked up. It's an inside job. He'd handle it himself, except he'd be the first one they suspect. All you got to do is help me load the truck and drive. Well, let me get this straight. You want me to help you make a heist, risk a prison rap so you can have enough money to take your boyfriend Frankie someplace else where he can live happily ever after? Well, you get half the take... Anna, the last thing I want is your money. Bonnie, please. Look, I know I shouldn't ask you, but there's no place else I can turn, nobody else I can trust. I wanted to take her in my arms and tell her everything would be all right. Because in the heart of every cynic lie the fragments of one great dream. And in the heart of every lady killer smolders the embers of one great love. So when she said... Please, Ronnie. Just this one. I said... Okay, Anna. Just this once. For old time's sake. When I got to work the next night, I talked to Leo. Well, Graham, look, I, uh, I have some business in 10 or 12 tonight. I'd, uh, I'd like out. Hmm? It's important? Yeah, it's so important that if anybody should ask, I'd be much obliged if you'd say I spent the time sleeping off a hangover on your office couch. Okay, I'm going to give you a little piece of advice. 
Like? Like I don't want to know. But if this important business has anything to do with that broad I saw you talking to last night, I'd watch my step. Why? That's Frankie Amato's girl. She's one of the worst rats in this town. I know. Okay, so you know. But watch yourself. When 10 o'clock came, I left the piano and slipped out the back way to a truck marked Royal Fur. Anna was sitting inside waiting. She drove us across town into the back of a small shop. No one was in the alley, so she got out and opened the overhead garage door with a key while I backed the truck inside. She closed the door behind us and locked it. The further inside this cold storage vault. She slid back the heavy door and started stripping the hangar. It didn't take long because there weren't too many pieces. I don't know anything about furs, but I do know that what we took wasn't worth any half a million dollars. Finally, the truck was loaded and we were ready to go. But then she started pouring cleaning fluid out of can. Well, help me spread this stuff around, huh? What for? So we can set fire to the place. Why? So we can destroy it. Frank says we have to set fire to the place to burn all the evidence. Look, you didn't mention anything about a fire before. Well, no, I didn't look like I was afraid you wouldn't go through with it if I did. Well, of course I wouldn't. Taking a few furs is one thing, but arson is something else. Somebody could get killed. We have to. Right now, Frank is playing cards with the guy that owns this place. We have to fix his alibi with the time of the fire. Oh. Oh, I see. All that matters is Frank and his alibi, huh? All that matters is that Frank is safe. That he's got somebody to steal from, to lie for him, and for what? What does he do for you, Anna? Answer me. What does he do for you? Come on, answer me. What does he do for you? Nothing. Then what do you stay with him for? You happy being turned into a two-bit thief to do his dirty work for him, and for what? To lick his boots and gratitude? Are you happy, Anna? No. Then why, Anna? Why? Breathe. 
And suddenly, little things I've been noticing in the corner of my skull began to hit me wrong. It just didn't add up. Until now, Anna had been as cool as a cucumber, but now she was shaking so badly she could hardly hold a can in her hand. A long coil of rope lay on the top of a filing cabinet looking strangely out of place. And then I noticed that all the mail spread across the desk was addressed to a Mr. Frank Armato. Now, wait a minute. This is Frank's office, isn't it? Ronnie, we gotta hurry. Come on, now answer my question. This is Frank's office, isn't no. it? No. This is Frankie's office, and he wants it burned for a reason. Now, what I is it? I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yes, you do, Anna. You know a lot more about this setup than you're letting on. Now, what is it? Oh, you you haven't know. leveled with me all night, have you? Yeah, you haven't leveled with me since the night we met. Don't Come on, me. answer me, Anna. What's going on? You heard the lady. Piano player, keep your hands off. I looked over her shoulder to see the big open mouth of a nice blue 45. And suddenly I knew what a man feels like when he's just finished digging his own grave. In a moment, we'll return with Act Two of... Now, from DuPont comes the most advanced antifreeze and summer coolant ever developed for any car, new or old. Its name, Tellar, T-E-L-A-R, Tellar. It takes one and a half gallons of Tellar to protect the average full-size car down to zero. And at its new low price, your dealer can protect your car with Tellar for only about a dollar more than ordinary antifreezes, even less for compact cars. But, and this is important, once installed, DuPont Tellar can be left in all year round, summer and winter, for as long as you keep your car. Any car, new or old, your servicing dealer will tell you exactly why this is possible. In addition, Tellar is specially recommended for modern aluminum engines. So ask your servicing dealer to install Tellar antifreeze and summer coolant in your car. Remember, it's made by DuPont. Tellar. T-E-L-A-R. Tellar. That's right, college boy. Keep your hands over your head. No one ever introduced us, but I'd say offhand, you're Frank. And you're bright, college boy, real bright. Now, look, if this is a shakedown, I'm afraid you got the wrong party. I'm broke. Oh, this isn't penny-ante stuff. I'm going after this is money, big money. Well, pardon my density, but I still don't get it. You've heard of insurance, haven't you, college boy? Oh, sure, sure. But I don't see how you can collect on a store you don't own. Or do you? I don't own a store. I don't have that kind of change at present. So I insured myself. Alive, I'm not worth two cents, but dead, I'm worth 50 grand. That's quite a piece of change, and Anna here is my only beneficiary. Oh. Well, I don't know how this figures me. Unless you want me to help you commit suicide. Oh, suicides don't collect. Besides, I wouldn't die for any broad. That's strictly for suckers like you. Okay, I've been a sucker up until now, but I don't think I can make this gig anymore, man. Nobody's going to commit suicide. I'm going to be murdered. But like I said, I still don't get it. I guess you ain't as bright as I thought. I told the owner of the store I was going to work late tonight, go over the books. The police will think I accidentally left the door unlocked. Somebody found it open, came in, tied me to my chair, stole all the fuzz, and then burned the store to destroy the evidence. Now, wait a minute. In the meantime, I'll be on my way to Mexico, where Anna will join me after she's had sufficient time to recover from her grief and collected the insurance money. Well, there's only one thing wrong with that little plan, Frankie. Nobody would ever confuse me with you, not in a million years. Oh, I don't know. 
We're about the same height and build. You ever seen what a man looks like after he's been soaked with cleaning fluid and touched off with a match? I bet him there's not much more than a crisp char to compare anything with. You always wanted to take my place, college boy? Sit down in my chair behind the desk and turn around and face the wall. I did as I was told. There wasn't much else I could do. But before I did, I took one last look at Anna. She couldn't face me. Hold the gun on him, Anna, while I tie him up. He even looks like he's going to move. Let him have it. Since I was as good as dead anyway, I knew that anything I did would be the right thing. They say that a man was about to die starts praying. I didn't. I started thinking hard and fast because I wanted so badly to go on living. I don't look like I could punch my way out of a paper bag. But while I was waiting out the army's boredom in Japan, a gentle old Japanese man taught me you don't need brawn to defend yourself, just brains and speed. And a thing called karate. Shadow player's best friend, you don't hurt your hand. And I knew I had to have something to defend myself against husbands and boyfriends. So I learned karate and the art of timing and surprise. I waited until I could feel him touch my arm. And when he slid his hand down to my wrist, I made my move. I grabbed two of his fingers and heard them snap as I sent them back. That coupled with surprise made it easy for me to flip him around in a half nothing. His fingers hanging like loose spaghetti. So his body was between me and the gun. I knew Anna wouldn't hesitate to shoot me, but I figured maybe Frankie Boy was something else. down and back out into the hall. No. Come on, do as I say, Anna. I can kill him with my hands if I want to. You know that. No, Anna, You no. know I can do it, Anna. You've seen me practice, remember? All I have to do is add a little pressure right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't like me, sir. Don't like me, sir. Okay. That's better, Anna. I waited until she put the gun on the table and went back clear out to the hall before I spun Frank around and slammed him with stiff fingers hard right under the breastbone. Oh. He crumpled like a rag doll with his eyes bulging like a drunk with the heat. I ran from the office, grabbing Anna by the arm as I went. What did you do? Nothing, nothing. He'll live. Come on. The only wishes I had. Come on. I dragged her all the way back to the loading dock, and she fought me every step of the way. We jumped down and ran past the truck to a small door where I suckled with the balls all the time, keeping a tight grip on her wrist. I guess I didn't jab him hard enough because Frank came out of the dock after us, doubled over in pain, his gun in his hand. Frank, come back. Here you come back. I shoved her out the door ahead of me and drove out just as he cut loose. The shots were like matches in a gas tank. The cleaning fluid fumes made the whole building explode in a roar of flame. Yeah. 
Probably the one that was in here last night. But they aren't sure yet. They haven't even been able to identify his body positively yet. That's too bad. Yeah. That's the way I thought you'd feel. I don't know now, but I think you've got a customer coming your way. I think I'll check the bar. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.